For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? Well, today is National Nurses Day, and I have three incredible nurses waiting on today's show. And today is also National Open Gardens Day. So I have my favorite landscape architect waiting in the wings. Some of you may know who that is. So anyway, waiting to, uh, to see the show are Linwood Miller and Lisa Rodrigo. Linwood, I hope that you're here watching the show. If you are, just post a yes in today's show that you are here so that I know that you're here because I'm going to ask you a question in just a moment. But anyway, my show, for those of you who are here for the first time, is all about celebrating. Celebrating life, celebrating art, celebrating artists, celebrating whatever we can find to celebrate in these trying times. And yes, they are trying. But I do believe that every day there is something to celebrate if we take the time to do so. And I believe in celebrating whatever we can find to celebrate, whoever and wherever and whenever we can. So today, take an hour and just celebrate those that you love, the things that matter to you, and wherever we are. We have a few people waiting in the wings. I can see somebody else has just popped in. Francis Shea has just joined us. Lisa Rodrigo, I see that you're here. We also have a special giveaway as we do each week. And Lisa, if you can come up with a number, one through five, we will pull up. It's like, let's make a deal. Somebody is behind a lucky box and we're gonna pull up that first person, one through five. They don't know who it is. They're all sitting there rubbing their hands. Could it be me? Could it be them? Could it be the person to my right? Who is it gonna be? And, uh, but just put, let's see who it's gonna be. So Lisa Rodrigo, one through five, and she is pulling number three. And that is going to be someone that I am meeting today for the very first time. I wonder who that could be. And that is Shaquita Pantry, who just recently, I just found out, just got married. Yes. So how are you? I'm good in yourself. I am doing great. This is the first time that you and I are meeting for the first time. It's your first time on this platform. We are meeting, uh, but thank you. First of all, I want to, th you are a nurse. Yes. And I want to thank you, first of all, for your service, thank because you. this is happy National Nurses Day. Yes. But I want to ask you, who or what are you celebrating today? Uh, I'm celebrating life. I'm, I'm just happy to just, you know, have my health, have my strength, be in my right mind, you know, just the little things, the little things that make the bigger things that much more worth it. That's wonderful. Now, each day, this is, have you seen the show before? I was watching a little bit of it earlier, yes. That's great. I hope you've enjoyed what you've seen so far. So each day I pull a, a word that matters to me. And the word that I pull today, because they're all positive words always, because I'm all about positivity. And the word that I pull today is optimism. So I want to know in your profession, there's a lot of uh, especially because of politics and everything. We try to stay away from politics on this show if we can. Mm -hmm. But what is it in your profession that you are optimistic about these days? I'm just optimistic about watching the healing process with uh, my patients. Some of them come in very hopeless. Um, you know, some of them are elderly. They're not sure. I work in rehab, so they're not really sure if they, you know, will be able to do things again, be able to dance, some of them. And so... I just, and just being like, listen, we're going to get up today. We're going to move. You're going to teach me the bachata. I may not know how to do it or pronounce it the way you need me to, but we're going to do something. And so just the optimism of seeing them go from not being sure of what they're capable of doing to seeing them being totally capable and leaving so satisfied with the journey that they've accomplished. And what was it about the nursing profession that pulled you in? Uh, do you have... Uh, aunts, uncles, mom, dad, other relatives that are in the profession yourself? I do. My grandmother, um, she was an RN. 
and she was uh, a travel like locally she mm-hmm. would go and like check on people and i remember being a little kid in the car and i used to like take her stethoscope out and play with it with my dolls and then she'd turn <laughs> around and be like i need that <laughs> so <laughs> i started off with that and just watching her um but then uh, my mom is a cna my sister just um is going to graduate as with her rn and so it was just healing and helping i seem to find in my family so it was just a start there for my grandmother. And then now her daughter and her daughter's daughters are all in the field. That's wonderful. And how long have you been a nurse? I graduated uh, August of 2020. Wow. Yeah. And what is it about the profession that has surprised you the most beyond what your expectations originally were? Um. I want to say a little bit of everything. I think you go in anticipating things to be one way. And then as you get in, you know, um, I came in at the end of COVID. So well, wow. COVID's still here, still here. But I came in, you know, after all of that heightened stress and burnout. And um, I still was not prepared for a lot of the things that I saw. Um, you know, you expect certain resources to be available. You expect, you know, just a constant support. And, you know, sometimes it wasn't there, but I've learned camaraderie through these other nurses that I have built such great relationships with. So it was just coming in and being like, you know what, we may not have everything that we need, but we have each other. So we're going to get this done. Well, God bless you. And again, I want to thank you for your service and the hard work that you do because, uh, we cannot bang enough pots and pans uh, to thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. Um, those who watch the show know that I began the show with a, uh, I'm no longer calling them random questions. It's a surprise question. Okay. And the surprise question for you is what book has made the biggest impact on your life? Ooh. And I'm very well read. I love books. Okay. Um, I love that. So you should see my office. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, there's so many. A book that has made the biggest impact. Um, well, recently I finished uh, Nurses on the Inside. So Which that gave away me, today. Oh, so I, I read that and that gave me an eye opening uh, sight into a lot of things. I was a child during that time. So, um, you know, just having reading it, it filled with so much information, different perspectives and stuff. So it just opened me up. And that way, medically, that book definitely um, gave me a different insight. So I'm going to let you pull up our next guest and you get to pull the number one through four. Okay. Uh, one. Okay. And it happens to be one of the nurses on the inside and that's Ellen Matzer. And you know, Ellen, don't you? I do. Uh, tell us something about Ellen that others uh, here may or may not know. She she can't hear anything you're saying right now. Oh, she can't. Uh, she's amazing. She she I learned from her uh, in school. She was my teacher, and um, as time went on, we developed a really good relationship. She was there for me when I myself uh, got COVID and my family contracted COVID, and she was very supportive and helpful. And I just can't thank her enough for the role she played. So and here she is. Ellen, uh, you and I, I, I mean, from the moment that you came into my life, I came into your life, I consider you a friend. So I am so glad. First of all, when I reached out to you and I saw that today was uh, National Nurses Day, uh, I immediately reached out to you and Valerie and immediately you said yes. And you started reaching out to other nurses such as uh, Shaquetta and you made it happen today. So thank you for being here. And I'm gonna ask you uh, the same question that I just asked. You obviously now are a published author. What book made the biggest impact on your life? Um, let's see, well, I'm going to say that when I, this is, this is decades ago, the book that is called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff and It's All Small Stuff. And the, the other one, uh, and I don't remember the author, but Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Successful people. Highly successful or effective? Well, either Either or, or I th- right. So I, yeah, I, I, 
I believe I, I have those two books somewhere in my library, which I refer to often. Um, so I, I just, I, I think I try to live by that motto, you know, don't sweat. I say it all the time. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. And then uh, as Shaquetta probably knows, each time I start a uh, new group of students, I always play them. And Richard, you should watch this. There's a three minute video from the original karate kid called Daniel's Training. When Mr. Miyagi teaches him, uh, you know, he says, oh, I've been, you know, waxing your cars and painting your house. And then all of a sudden, you know, he says, show me wax on, wax off. And it's a three minute video. And then I asked the students, why do you think I showed that to you? And uh, and I, it's so powerful. It, it's such a powerful three minute video that, you know, you may have to do things that you don't understand why. And I always, so I say to my students when they, you know, they're like, what, why are we doing this? Wax on, wax off. And then they, at the end, they get it. Now we understand why we had to do what we had to do. So anyway, I digressed from the book, but. No, that's wonderful. No, Absolutely. But, but um, it, it's just my favorite training video. And and everybody looks at it and, and says, you know, why are we watching this? And then at the end of the semester, they they get it. So Ellen, I hope you don't mind my saying this. You have been in this profession a long time. Uh, You uh, and Valerie together, you uh, went through the AIDS crisis together. You've written this amazing book on this and Nurses on the Inside, uh, which plugging, we will be giving away a copy of that today. Um, And I ask this question, and I am using the word optimism today because I do want to be uh, optimistic. Uh, From your point of view now, Mm -hmm. what are you optimistic about from where you are now and looking at where we are? You've lived through a pandemic. Uh, We are going through another pandemic. We are right now on the precipice. Numbers are going up again. Uh, We are going through, we are on the brink of the summer and a lot of travel and people are letting their guard down. But with all of these things happening, what are you optimistic about? Well, um, I am optimistic that we, again, we're uh, at the nursing school that I teach at, that we will graduate many new grads to the profession who will go on to make a difference. And um, just like Shaquetta from 2020, you know, we now will have the graduates of 2022 who will go on to make big differences in people's lives. That's wonderful. That's great. So I'm going to let you bring on our next person and you get to pull the number one through three. One through three. I guess it's three. Okay. And uh, this is someone that I didn't get a chance to meet before the show started. I don't have a last name, so you'll have to fill us in. And that's Charlie. who's. Uh, he was sitting in the dark. Am I dark? <laughs> you were completely dark. We can't see your face I'm at all. Sorry. Oh no. Uh, that's okay. Well, we're going to be optimistic that the light's going to turn on any moment. <laughs> there, you, uh, now we're starting to see a little bit of your face. It's it's because of the backlighting. Uh, Did I shut you? Uh, yeah. If the shades come down, we may be able to see you a little bit better. Is there any light in front of you that you can yes. turn on? Yes, there is. Okay. So uh, that's, oh, that's better, a little bit better. So lean into the camera a little bit better. We'll be able to see you a little bit better. So first of all, how do you and Ellen know each other? So we met, Ellen and I met at uh, work um, back in November. Um, I was a nursing supervisor and Ellen had some students at the facility I was working at. And immediately we just connected. Mm-hmm. And what was it about the nursing profession that pulled you in as well? Um, so when I was 16, my mom got sick. Uh, she developed a brain tumor. So I ended up taking care of her. And from that point on, I, I knew that I wanted to do something in healthcare. And I apologize about the bird in the background. No, I that's quite all right. We love our birds. We love our animals. <laughs> um. So 
that's how I got into nursing. And uh, and again, as I uh, I'm going to ask you, what is there a particular book in your life that made a huge impact on your life? Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Oh, you and I are talking. I mean, well, I, I figured we would. <laughs> yes, of course. That's the book that made the impact on my life. Uh, what was it about the Wizard of Oz that uh, made an impact on you? So, I mean, every day I I live my life feeling like I'm. Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Wizard, uh, especially the Lion. Mm -hmm. um, but when I go to work every day, I also feel the same way. I come home every day and I'm thankful to be home because there's no place like home after mm -hmm. seeing some of the horrific things we see. Um, Imagine. Sometimes, I mean, I always feel like that man behind the curtain whether I'm giving a big uh, bed bath really behind the curtain or, you know, the, my patients are just, they expect that I'm going to have the answer to all their problems. And I don't, I never will. Um, I'm always the scarecrow. You always need to use your brain and the tin man. You always have to have a heart. And as far as, uh, Courage. You just need courage every day. You get in that, you know, leave the house, get in the car, walk in the front door of work. You just have to put on your, I guess, your big boy suit or whatever you want to call it and just, you know, do what you have to do. Charlie, I think there's a book there. I think you've got to write from the <laughs> point of view of the Wizard of Oz being uh, what it's like being a nurse. I think there's a great book there. Um, <laughs> that sounds so I want to ask you, what is what are you optimistic about uh, from where you stand in your profession? Um, what am I optimistic about? Uh, honestly, I was thinking about it as you were asking the other um, Ellen and Shaquita. I I'm just optimistic that it's things will get better. If things are not that bad to begin with. Mm -hmm. I mean, as bad as they are, it it's really not that bad. We're all here. We're living. We're breathing. You know, we all have our problems, but it will get better. I don't know when, but it's going to get better. Well, we have to hold on to that. I believe it as well. So I'm going to let you bring on our next guest, and you get to pick number one or number two. Uh, number two. Well, this is a big surprise for all of us because today is National Open Gardens Day, uh, and uh, he's never <laughs> done this before. Uh, but I'm going to bring on my husband, who happens to be my favorite landscape architect. And here he is. This is Dan Sherman, uh, which is going to be a big surprise for everybody that he's on the show. Mm -hmm. So, Danny, welcome to the show. Hi, <laughs> welcome all. It's been interesting to hear about the nursing career. It's very different from landscape, I think. <laughs> So Danny is in a very different uh, profession. And uh, Charlie, you mentioned also uh, your mom uh, with uh, her brain tumor. Um, we lived through Danny's sister um, had a brain tumor as well. So, you know, the family going through that, uh, she got a reprieve and uh, got an additional 10 years on her life that we were lucky enough to get her for another 10 years. But, she uh, was very appreciative of the nursing care. That's and after when she got better for a while, she actually went speaking out speaking for the um, Swedish Medical Center in Denver, I think, and really helping the whole everybody stay with the program. She was the only one in her. They called a hole in the head gang because she had a brain tumor. That they uh, they would speak about that. She was the only one that could take all of the medications because she was rigorous in following her instructions, as I know Richard is too. With whatever a doctor says, you do it. And never second guess them, I guess. But so she stayed with it a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I there's I, I know that, and you know, when maybe you know Ellen, uh, Shaquetta, Charlie, you can probably uh, you know comment on this. But there is still a shame that people carry around with them when it comes to illness and everything. Uh, that they are afraid to see a doctor, or mm -hmm. they are afraid to. Uh, it, it, admit that they are ill or something. But I think it's very important for everyone who's listening or anything, if you if something is not uh, as you normally feel or something, address it. Get it, uh, you know, it's better 
to know what you're going through rather than to put it aside. When my doctor tells me that I need to do something, I follow through. Danny will tell you, I just follow through with it. It's important. I, I want to be around for a long time, hopefully. So Danny, I want to talk about, you know, your, your work. Uh, and of course I know this, but a lot of people who don't know, you know, what was it about landscape architecture that pulled you in and where you said, this is what, where I want to go with my life? Well, I kind of wish everybody could have the lucky epiphany that suddenly I had. I was at my second year of community college, taking everything difficult without any clue of what I really was the right thing. I was thinking, I don't know, dentistry, no, cruise boat management, like I was all over the place. And But I did have interests and passions and things that I knew I was good at, but I didn't think of a career. And I was in the guidance office trying to fish around. And there was a little questionnaire that said, what would you do? on a weekend and it was gardening. What would you do if you had this money? It was buy this. What kind of articles would you clip out of the newspaper? It was urban renewal things. And by the time this whole like 12 point questionnaire was done, the person, I forgot who it was now, but said, well, that's landscape architecture. And I just thought, that's it. That's, that's just perfect. Cause I would, even as a kid, I was sculpting things in the sandbox, like making little landscapes. And my birthday was just last week. And I would, my mother would take me to a garden center and treat me to the flowers and bales of peat moss to plant around the house. Like mm -hmm. that was my present. <laughs> and I thought that was great. So um, I just, I, and I could draw, I, it was urban renewal drawing, not architecture, not engineering, but landscape, not just horticulture or plants, but anyway, the kind of thing I do is landscape architecture, which is different than gardening. So I knew right away, I slammed the book shut. I thought, oh my God, that's it. <laughs> So what was the book that uh, made the biggest impact on you? Well, I do have a favorite book, and I don't know, you may not even know it, but it doesn't have to do with landscape, but it was the prequel to uh, The Magnificent Obsession, and it's called Dr. Hudson's Secret Journal. And it, in this book, which was the prequel to The Magnificent Obsession, and The Magnificent Obsession is what Dr. Hudson experienced, that he, something happened in his life, a near-death kind of thing. He was a doctor in Detroit. It's fiction. But... Um, he decided to take the rest of his life and, and do secret things for people that made a difference in their lives, but never let anyone know. And he would, I don't know, it's a very interesting story. I just, I have it in my shelf and I consider it my favorite secret book that now you know. Uh, now I know. <laughs> you can't tell anybody <laughs> yeah, that if, you've done the, if you've helped somebody steer their career or get out of some kind of trouble thing and it makes a difference in the big picture in their life. And I have done that for some people, I think, but you can't tell anybody about it. <laughs> No, so Richard that's... always says that about do something good. And I kind of always think of Dr. Hudson's secret journey. So uh, what are you optimistic about in your profession? Well, I, you may not know this either. I have two years till I can retire. This is driving me crazy. <laughs> All these clients, it was like on the phone. I had seven meetings in the field yesterday and I've got to take drawings home for the weekend. We are crazy with permits and planning board and architecture review board and zoning board meetings. And I'm about ready to hang that up, not design landscapes or do gardens, which I like to do, but this intense thing. So I don't know, that, what, was, what was the question specifically? I mean, you're, op you're optimistic about optimistic it. that, uh, and also to leave some things behind that mean something to the public, not just pools and Scarsdale and stuff like that, but do some, to me, historic preservation is interesting to be able to do, you know, like something on the Hudson for the Rockefeller Brothers Fund or something and make it be a real well-researched, well-done thing that the public can use and they won't need to even know, need to know I did it. But, <laughs> but, but have that mean something along the way. And I've done a lot of things in Paramount that, uh, where we live that, you know, the dog park and the community garden and the war memorials. And I just like to do those things on the lowdown and, and make things that matter to people. Garden. He does a great job with that. It's all great. So everybody come to Piermont and see his work. Well, it's all there for everybody to see. So I'm going to bring on Valerie Hughes here, who's been waiting patiently in the wing, uh, Helen's uh, cohort, if you will. Uh, so Valerie, thank you. I'm going to begin by asking you, what was it about the nursing profession that first was your calling that pulled you in? <laughs> I... I also wanted to help people. So I wanted the kind of work that would be meaningful and that would be interesting and that would be helpful. And little did I know how interesting it would become. So. Wow. And uh, lead you into becoming an author as well. But uh, we'll blame Ellen for that. Yes, blame <laughs> Ellen. 
You'll have to see our interview to get the whole story on that. Uh, but uh, what was the book that made the biggest impact on your life? It's That one is really hard to say because like Shaquetta, I read quite a bit. Um, but I will say that no book um, made such an emotional impact on me as a book by Anna Quinlan called One True Thing. Um, because I remember I was reading it on the subway and I was hysterical in tears. I, I went all the way to Brooklyn because I forgot to get off the train. It was that's a good book. It was amazing. It was an amazing thing, and um, it speaks to the. It speaks to grief and loss and the kinds of things that we all have to go through at some point in our lives, and how you deal with it. And I found it to be very powerful. Now, Danny. Uh, is ta just talked about retirement you just retired uh, right. and, uh <laughs> so uh you two can compare notes uh, <laughs> but what is it uh from where you stand that you are optimistic about in your profession well i have to say just being on the show and meeting shaquetta and charlie i am really optimistic about the future of nursing if they're an example of young nurses, which they are, I'm really happy about that because they both seem so wonderful. Well, and again, thank you all for the work you do and Danny too for the, I mean, beautifying Piermont and, uh, and everyone appreciates his work. Um, our friend Betsy Francofini keeps threatening to take him away from me. Uh, so if she's watching, you can't have him. Uh, so uh, I am going to pull up our word of the day again, which is optimism, uh, because we're all optimistic. I do believe in wonderful things uh, for all of us uh, ahead, not only with what we're talking about here today. So if any of you put in the word optimism, if you have any questions for any of our panelists, uh, you can put that word in and I will try to get the, to that uh, word. Uh, we're going to go around and I've just got some fun questions based on uh, anything. We're going to talk a little bit about a lot of things. Uh, and I will start with you, uh, Shaquara. And uh, the question that I'm going to ask is, what is the best possible attitude uh, that you feel that you need to have in your profession? Ooh, I think you need to have several, but the main one I feel like is most important is um, listening, being quiet. You know, sometimes... Uh, even as myself, I have to remind myself to be quiet. I'm a talker. So like sometimes when I go in a room and I hear from the CNAs that the resident has an issue, the first thing I want to do is just go in and say, you know, what needs to be done. This is how we need to approach things. And sometimes I really realize that it's not always that situation that they have an issue with. It's something else. It may be what happened the day before. Maybe it was something that occurred on the phone with the family, with the doctor. So Someone's listening to us right now. <laughs> so like I stop and I just be like, hey, what's going on? And it takes a lot of time sometimes because sometimes they just have a lot to say. But once they feel heard, it helps in getting everything to run very smoothly. Wow. That's a great answer. Thank you. Uh, Ellen, mm -hmm. uh, what were your top three goals of this week? Uh, as we're wrapping up this week. And did, did you achieve them? And yes or no, and why or why not? My three goals for this week. Well, as some of you know, well, Richard, you know, but Val, and certainly Val, I just had, I had a hip replacement a little mm -hmm. over four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So my goal was to walk steps uh, not just one at a time to actually walk steps like a normal person. So I have achieved that. I can do it down, but not up. So I was working on that. So that was goal one that I achieved. Yes. Two, my second goal this week was to walk both my dogs. Uh, of course, one week before I had surgery, my husband and I rescued a almost 12-year-old deaf pit bull mix with an anxiety disorder and overweight. One week she showed up and uh, we took her because she was going to be put in a shelter. Oh. And it is, 
so we've had her now six weeks and I have, have not been able to walk her because she's big and she pulls. The goal was to walk her and I did. Um, she's a big mush and I'm so glad that we rescued her. Um, so that was, that was my second goal. So these are like small steps just for me, me personally, uh, since I am not back at work yet. And then my third goal this week, my husband went back to work just today. So he, he took a leave to take care of me for the last four and a half weeks. And my goal today was to be okay with him not here. And I was not. <laughs> so, I, was very, I was very depressed today. <laughs> Even though I had my two dogs, they flanked me all day long. They were just next to me. I, you know, I, I just, you know, was like, I, I have, other than my last hip replacement over three years ago when my husband took time off, uh, we haven't had time off. He works every weekend and I work five days a week. So this is why we can have dogs only because of our schedule. So it was just nice to be able to, uh, you know, be together, even though I was disabled, we still had lunch together and we could, you know, walk together and he helped me with my physical therapy. And today for the first time, since I had surgery, I was by myself and, um, I was, you know, I was annoyed and I was down and, and I was looking forward to this. Well, so those were my goals. So I want to talk about some of the wild holidays. I have this great calendar and I'm going to talk about some of the wild holidays that uh, are celebrated on today. And, uh, and I'll start with you, Charlie. Today is National Beverage Day. So <laughs> what is your beverage of choice and what will you be drinking after today's show? <laughs> My beverage of choice right now. <laughs> right now, I'm drinking vitamin water. Okay. And um, what will you be drinking after the show? Probably, I'm. I'm actually hooked on watermelon juice. Wow. I found it at uh, I don't know if it was Target or Walmart or one of those stores, and it's natural watermelon juice, and I'm hooked on it. I've been drinking. I'm going to start looking like a watermelon because <laughs> I drink so much of it. Where can you get it? And is it fattening? I I don't know. I haven't gained weight. Well, I mean, you said you look, you're going to look like a watermelon. That's why I asked. But where can you get it? I got it at Target or Walmart. They both have it. But it's, it's natural watermelon juice. Wow. I want to try it. So I'm sure we'll it'd be if... good with something else, but I don't drink. So. <laughs> well, we'll see if we can get it. Yeah. So, Danny, today is National Crepe Suzette Day. <laughs> so we haven't had Crepe Suzettes in a while, so, you know. Well, this morning, I have, if you saw on the counter, I put out Julia Child's cookbook. I know. We finished her series last night, and it was so good. Really sweet, kind of an old-fashioned thing. But um, So I was thinking that, but I, by the time I get home, there'll be Crepe Suzettes. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> have you all been watching Julia on HBO oh, Max? It's the sweetest thing. We finished the series, but it was wonderful. I think it was nurturing and how at the beginning there was gnarly tension between people and they all grew as characters. And by the end, it was they all, you know, got along and advanced their careers. It's a really cool show. About mm -hmm. Julia Child. Well, I think some bird out there wants some watermelon water right now. <laughs> <laughs> it must be Charlie's. Yeah. <laughs> so Valerie Hughes, today is also uh, Joseph Brackett Day. Do you know anything about Joseph Brackett? I don't. Do you want to Google him and then tell us a little bit about him in a moment? Okay. Okay, because I don't That's know. That's Brackett with an R? Uh, Joseph Brackett, B-R-A-C-K-E-T-T, -T, and then right. come back in a moment. when you uh, Just raise your hand when you uh, let us know who he is. Um, so, uh, Shaquata, um, today is uh, Military Spouse Appreciation Day. <laughs> Do you have any uh, members of your family who are serving in the military? Yes, my brother just graduated um, in South Carolina. He's now somewhere. Um, but, uh, he he's in the military. He's in the army. Yes. Is he married? Does he have a? Is he with somebody? He's with someone. Okay. <laughs> 
great. So we're not going to hook him up with anyone today. I mean, we could. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're in South Carolina, by the way. That's my home state. Oh my goodness, I can't remember. Okay, well. Yeah, but he's he's um shipped out since then. But he's wow. yeah he just graduated. It was well. Lovely. We thank him for his service as well. Yes. So God bless him. Uh, Ellen, mm. uh, today is, this is a good one. Inter speaking of uh, Crepe Suzette Day, today is International No Diet Day. Uh -huh. So if you, I mean, uh, so do you adhere to a diet? And if so, if you were to go off of a diet, what would be your guilty pleasure? Uh, well, let's see. I, I do adhere to a mostly keto diet. I started that, um, probably four or five years ago, not entirely. Mm -hmm. Uh, however, I allow myself ice cream for dinner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a very, very loose adaptation of this. Yes, exactly. So really, that's you know, I I I'm no carb, and then ice cream uh, until dinner. <laughs> until dinner, so that's it. But um, so so yeah, I honestly I, I the reason that I did that was because um, it for the duration of the pandemic, I took up running. I've I've always been active as an adult, not as a child, but as an adult. Um, and I gave up my gym membership during COVID and, um, I decided I did not want to go back. So, um, I also used to teach fitness classes. Um, so in any case, I decided to take up running, uh, uh, in 2020, late 2020. And I got myself very frustrated because I went to the high school track and I couldn't make one loop, which is a quarter mile. Mm. And then mm. I, I really almost gave it up. And then I, that's when I said, I really need to be careful on a keto diet because I just want to be really strong. And that's as I get older, um, because I'll be 65 this year. So I really wanted to be strong. So I ran for 18 months, before my hip replacement, I was up to four miles. So I went from a quarter mile to four miles. I did three 5K races last year, October, November, December. And in one of them, I came in first in my age group. So I was, I, I was faster. And then, I, and then I found out I needed my other hip done because I knew it was coming. And uh, so I got a little stricter on that diet. Um, but now, since I am post-operative, I have not been on the keto diet. So I threw that out the window and started carbs because I didn't feel like it. <laughs> Good for you. So, so tonight, was... you're going to have the ice cream? And oh, yeah. We have an ice cream tonight. And I have not had... <laughs> no cream. I don't even know what it is, honestly. I have not had any ice cream since July of last year. Oh, oh my which I know, I know, and I love ice cream. So where, uh, I, I lost 60 pounds. Where um, in, uh, uh, what's your favorite flavor? Anything that has peanut butter in it. Oh, me too. So tonight, <laughs> will you, as you enjoy it, will you think of me? <laughs> I will, Richard. <laughs> so Charlie, uh, let's see. Um, it's, uh, it's no homework day. So when you were a kid, uh, so we'll go back. Is it no homework day? Uh, did you enjoy doing homework in school? And if uh, so, what was your favorite subject in school? And what was the one subject that you hated doing homework with? Believe it or not, the subject I hated was science. I don't know how I became a nurse, but <laughs> I hated science. Um. Math was my favorite subject. Uh, I didn't like doing homework, although I did. When I was younger, my dad would always come home with work. So that's how I did my homework, because he would have homework to do after work. So I would sit with him in his office 
and um, we would both do our work together. So that was how they would get me to do my homework. But otherwise, I was not, I wasn't a very good student, to be honest. Actually, and you, just and, you still be, and you became a nurse. So that's I became great. a nurse, and I just got accepted into an honor uh, nursing honor society. Wow! The International Nursing Honor Society. Good for you. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, Danny, today is No Pants Day. So, how are you going to celebrate? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to sleep with no pants on. That's about I'll it. I'll be standing up now, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> and Betsy says, I have been here from the start of the show, signed in at the as Union Art Center before. Yes, I still want to marry Dan. Uh. <laughs> so, Valerie, did you find out? Well, I heard that he's a writer and he wrote a song called Simple Gifts that has been. Um, morphed into something by Aaron Copeland into something called Appalachian Spring. Wow. And I didn't know any of that. So maybe we'll close out the show with that today. That'll be, that's interesting. Um, And uh, let's see. uh, Well, uh, this, this question we're going to, well, Shaquetta, it's, it's also provider appreciation day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you can take that, you know, child care providers, nurses, providers, anything you want to say about that, anyone that you want to speak out to that you want to give a shout out to. Oh, um, to all the nurses that work anywhere and everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're in PEDS, in the ICU, if you're in a nursing home, uh, rehab, you guys are amazing. You guys have no idea the impact that you're making every day when you decide to get up, lop that bed and put your clothes on and come to work. That's right. So, you know, I'm wishing you all the best. And to all of the teachers and instructors, I would not be here without them. So thank you to you too, because you're also making an impact and providing a lovely skill set for a lot of nurses coming into the field. That That's great. And I've got um, uh, Tasha Lombardi uh, said that getting back, um, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, Joseph Brackett. He was also elder of the United Society of Believers in Christ's second appearing. So that's something there. And uh, Danielle, who's watching, says she has a question for Danny. Uh, what's something that you wish more of us knew were appreciated about me? About you or about me? About me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to sponsor the show. Probably. How to sponsor the show? <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. That's the word. So that's that's the big uh, uh, conundrum. Um, Ellen. Um, so you know, Danny, of course, is the landscape architect, and I know that you also have beautiful gardens. So and I today, have no beautiful gardens. What are you talking about? We, we you had when we went to your home. You had beautiful flowers. Yes, I- I did, <laughs> and then we we took them all out and we put it in cement. Oh. Well, at the time that we were Ellen there, has you beautiful had... hardscaping. <laughs> no, you did have beautiful flowers. I remember. I, I have a I have an area with rose bushes that are growing completely out of control because I do not know how to trim them, and the rest of my large backyard, which Valerie can attest to, is very huge has now been uh, made into patio slash cement because Ellen does not like to walk on grass. Okay. Oh, okay. And, uh, I don't so, get it. Yeah, we, we have a grass patch back there for the dogs and then everything else is cement and deck. So, now, do you have a favorite um, outdoor garden that you like to uh, go to? Me? Never. Yeah. <laughs> That's a question for Valerie. She's a gardener. Valerie's okay, a gardener. Valerie, then we'll go oh, yeah, to you for that gardener. question. Well, my favorite place to go is my own backyard. So I have a a huge expanse of grass, which I'm thinking about it because it takes up a lot of water. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I also have I'm going to say that my peonies are just waiting to bloom. I have a million buds on my peonies and I have a rose that's also waiting to bloom. Um, All the bulbs are spent now, but I'm. I love spring. I just love this time. And I love being out here during this time. doesn't oh, even matter if it's rainy like today. I love being yeah. back there. Well, so, 
Uh, Charlie, you get the school questions today. Uh, today is also School Lunch Hero Day. So who is your lunch hero? Lunch hero. My lunch hero. Um, Did you have a friend that you uh, had lunch with each day in school? Um, actually, my cousin. Mm -hmm. I would, my cousin, I would sit with him every day. And I mean, I would eat whatever he didn't like, I would eat. I was a fat okay. kid. So <laughs> I used to take his food. Um, I think my mom might be watching, but I liked my aunt's lunches better than she made. <laughs> so, what was your cousin? What, what is your cousin's name? Billy. Is Billy still with us? Yes, he is. So hopefully he's watching and uh, we appreciate him. Um, so uh, today is also Danny, International Space Day. Does that mean anything to you? Space, like outer space? Outer space. <laughs> he thinks that I came from outer space. <laughs> uh, space, you know, it's a landscape thing. We look at a space and we create a landscape. Outer yeah. space. No, that really doesn't resonate with me particularly, except for I remember one story. We were out with our friend Peggy Eason, who was blind since birth. And we were out in a boat with a friend. And I had this little app on my phone that could show, if you show it up to the sky, it could show where the planets are. And it was a clear enough night. And usually you can see Venus. And if you know where to look, you can see Mars. They're all on the same line. But that night it identified where Jupiter was. And I and you could kind of see And she yelled out, you kids, she's blind. So she said, you can see Jupiter from here? <laughs> <laughs> we just lost her just a few months ago. Yeah, we could see, um, that night you could see Uranus, Mars, Jupiter. Sat, you could see all of them that night. It was so clear in the middle of the Hudson River. That's how it is space, right? Uh, Valerie, it's internet. It's National Tourist Appreciation Day. Oh. Uh, are you a good tourist? Um, I'm a good tourist when you can finally get me out of my house. Okay. I love to go to places and do all the touristy things, but I hate to travel and I hate to pack a bag and mm -hmm. I hate to leave my house. So. <laughs> I'm really kind of a homebody. But when I get there, I want to see everything. Okay. Uh, Shaquata, um, today is also International Tuba Day. Do you play, <laughs> yes. Do you play any instruments? I play my voice. Uh, uh, do you sing? I do. Do you want to sing something for us now? Oh. <laughs> you. We celebrate everything here. He has a beautiful voice. Yeah, I usually sing to my patients. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, yeah. And they um, listen. Yeah, yeah. And they they usually like, come on, come on, come back. I'm like, I, I gotta well, go. I'll tell you what. Um, I'm a singer. Ooh. And when no, I am. And when uh it's uh when it's safe to do so, you call me up and I will come and join you and we'll sing together for your patients. I'm ready whenever you are. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> I promise. Um, so uh, Ellen, I'm going to ask you the next question. What do you consider, you and Valerie are very close friends. What do you consider the most valuable quality in a friend? I'm going to say that I can count on Valerie being there for me whenever and for whatever reason that I need her. I mean, we have been through many, many things together, tragedies and happy moments. And I know that I can always count on her to show up for me when I need it. And I will tell you that just this past Wednesday, Valerie and her wife, Mary, brought my 90-year-old mother. They drove her from New York City out here so that we could celebrate Mother's Day on Wednesday. Wow. I asked her for a favor They, because she's out in the Hamptons now and I knew she was going to come into the city and then go back to the Hamptons. And I asked her if she would consider making a side trip and just dropping my mother off. And she said, absolutely not. We will bring her there. We will stay for the Mother's Day uh, lunch, which we had, and we will bring her home. And she says, we're retired. We don't have anything else to do. And we'll go out to the Hamptons a day later. And what that meant to me uh, to be able to see my mom, because I can't, I wasn't, I'm not driving yet, um, to be able to see her 
and to be able to celebrate Mother's Day with her because I don't know how many she has left and um, to enjoy and then have Valerie and Mary stay and um, my son and my husband be here. It was just, um, and my mother was so happy. So <laughs> I can, you know, I can count on Valerie for that. That's just, wonderful. Just shows up. Well, thank you, Valerie. I'll thank you on behalf. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, Charlie, speaking of friendships, what is what was the quickest friendship that you have made uh, in your profession? <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> Honestly, Ellen, I don't know. The two of us really, we I've never connected so quickly with somebody. I mean, she didn't. She doesn't even didn't even know me at the time, and she was willing to write me letters of recommendation and you know it's i have to i'm sorry charlie to interrupt but you know charlie and i we work together at um one of the facilities actually where shaquetta works now and i'm with there with students and um so charlie and i haven't actually seen each other without masks so this is the first time i'm seeing charlie without wearing a mask yeah, I mean, we 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 could we connected right away. I mean, there was a patient incident, and he called me at home because there was an incident with a patient who had a specific kind of tube. I remember that, and we FaceTimed and we solved the problem at the at the time when there was a problem. And then ever since then, you know, we text constantly. We're just, and we but we haven't seen each other. This is the first time I'm seeing his face. <laughs> That's wonderful. So yeah. So, Danny, without naming names, who is the scariest person that you've ever met in your profession? And how did you end up dealing with that person? Scary in my profession. Um, to me, I think I was intimidated by Vincent Komodo. I was doing his house. He was the owner of Nine West Shoes and spending money like crazy and on the phone. I don't know how he did his business. because He was on the phone unrelentingly wanting us to reiterate and reiterate exactly, you know, this limestone was coming from Indiana. This stuff was coming here. It was such big scale stuff. And I worked in someone else's office and they didn't want to take his calls. So I, and I was kind of new. So I had to take all of Vincent Komodo's calls and, and it was kind of terrifying, <laughs> but and I would have to call him and tell him bad news that the trees aren't coming or this isn't coming. And I learned to just, when I was afraid of making a phone call, just make my finger go to the phone and dial the buttons <laughs> and deal with it when the person answers. Not be, not think about that. I have to make this call, but just dial it like it's a robot and then jump in and do the best I can. And eh, I still have to do that. But that was I think he passed away. But um, wow. I think he was terrified. <laughs> so Valerie, Danny mentioned earlier, and again, I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it, everybody out there watch Julia on uh, Julia. Oh. Remember Julia the nurse that you know uh, oh, yeah. broke up barriers on TV, uh, uh, first African American uh, sitcom on TV, uh, and uh, nurse uh, on television. Uh, Diane Carroll, we loved her, but a different Julia uh, on HBO uh, Max. Uh, this show is amazing, uh, and we just finished watching the series last night. So, Valerie, name a TV show or a series um, or a movie that you could watch over and over and over again and never get tired of? Oh boy. I do love to watch cooking shows, I'll tell you that. And my newest on repeat thing that I see because I, I think he made only very few shows was Jamie Oliver. And Jamie Oliver was, you probably nobody remembers he was the naked chef when he was very, very young. And then he's sort of this cockney, um, very messy cook. He does 15 minute meals, but he has a great sense for how you build flavor. I'm, I'm sort of a cook myself. And so he's, uh, knows how to build flavors and how to work with Asian flavors in a way that I'm trying to learn. And I love watching him work, but I always say he calls it 15 minute meals, but it's a nine hour cleanup, you know, like something's <laughs> flying through the air and hitting the walls, but he gets the food on the table. So that's my current um, passion. <laughs> it seems so wow. dumb, but uh, well, I love to cook, but I hate the cleanup, which Danny will tell you. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we're gonna do uh, the giveaway, and uh, here it is: optimism. Uh, so I'm bringing this up to see who our winner is, 
And our winner today is going to be Pam Stubbs again. She's always winning. So, uh, uh, she is going to win the book. So we'll put her in touch with you so that she will get the book. Um, and if you can, uh, Ellen, sign that to her, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. And Pam, congratulations. Uh, don't go anywhere, everyone, uh, because I'm going to give you all a chance to have your final word of the day. And uh, what will happen is uh, I will give you each a chance to have your final word, and then you will pick the next person that you would like to speak, and uh, so on until there's only one person left. And don't worry about how to end the show, because when the last person is left, as soon as you say uh, goodbye, the final credits will start to roll. So I'm going to say what I want to say today, and uh, the word, of course, is optimism. And I believe that we have to be optimistic. Um, but optimism uh, doesn't happen with us just sitting on our tuchuses, uh expecting things to change. Um, this week, without getting political, uh, we got a wake-up call. And the wake-up call was the leak of Roe versus Wade. And we all need to wake up because this was a big wake-up call that the things that we hold dear can be taken away from us like that. If we don't get up and speak out and speak for what matters to us. And I believe that in order for optimism uh, to really resonate, uh, we need to work for these things. I was reading a book the other day, uh, speaking of books, and it said that the secret of magic uh, results in two things, asking and receiving. And in order for us to get what we want, we need to ask for it. And too many times people are complacent and people sit back and people don't work for what we want. So I think that in order for us to get the things that we desire and deserve and expect in our lives, we need to work for them. Uh, So everybody roll your sleeves up and get to work now. Uh, Don't wait to see how things are going to turn out, get out there and work for them. And I believe, I'm optimistic that we can all make a difference and we've been given, uh, light has been shown on what a lot of people are thinking. Uh, And uh, I don't think there are any accidents. There was a reason why this leak took place. So pay attention. Um, I wanna thank you all for being here today. Uh, Shaquata, Ellen, Valerie, Danny, Charlie, and for everybody who tuned in, uh, I don't take it lightly when you take the time to be here. Uh, You all could have been anywhere else, especially on a Friday afternoon, but the fact that you said yes to being here means a lot to me. If this was your first time here, I hope it will not be your last. Uh, Please subscribe to Richard Skipper Celebrates uh, and uh, leave a message on YouTube after today's show. Uh, What that does is that raises the level of the show and it lets other people know about the show. Share this with your friends. And uh, what I would like all of you to do uh, is I'd like you to go to your Facebook friends list and I'd like you to reach out to the eighth name that pops up. And I want you to reach out with a phone call, not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And I want you to let that person know what they mean to you. Uh, because as my dear friend Sean Moniger says, you never know what someone else is going through right now. And let them know what they mean to you. Then I want you to go to Amazon.com and I want you to order two copies of Nurses on the Inside. I want you to keep one copy for yourself and I want you to send a copy to the eighth friend on your list. And I want you to write in the inscription why you're sending that to that person and how much they mean to you. Because we do appreciate our nurses and our landscape architects. But I want to tell you all, get your own landscape architect. (laughs) So anyway, I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to start with you, uh, Shaquata, and then you can pick the next person and so on and so on. And thank you once again. And everybody, make it a better tomorrow. And I'm optimistic for all of us. Have a great night. And now it's yours. Okay. Um, Well, I'm going to still use optimism. Uh, I want to use it in a way where it just speaks to... um, 
some of the things that I know that young people are struggling with. Uh, just the other day, um, there was a young woman who had committed suicide. And even though I don't know her personally, the story resonated with me because, you know, not a lot of people do check on their strong friends. And she just had left this very powerful message. And I just want that message to be something that reaches the masses of all the young people, of all older people as well. Um, I'm optimistic that, you know, even through death, that there can be something relayed that can bring forth joy and peace and healing. And so I'm just optimistic that, you know, the world can start to come together and heal as one because we have a lot going on. And we're not just an island. We all collectively need to be there for each other. So I'm now going to pass it on to Ellen. So, you know, I, I think in keeping in line with, uh, with optimism, I, I, I have to, I will share with you all, who's ever on, um, that uh, my daughter, um, who is going through a very rough period in her life, she is a, um, she's 30, almost 32 years old. Um, she was engaged to be married um, for the second time and that uh, dissolved. And um, she has been grappling with mental illness for the duration of the pandemic. Um, having worked in the emergency room throughout uh, 2020 and 2021 and, um, and the breakup of a marriage and now the breakup of a engagement where the wedding was planned, everything all set to go, invitations, everything. And um, so I, I'm, I'm holding out optimism that we can draw attention to uh, mental illness uh, in, I mean, not only in healthcare providers, but certainly in everybody. But I think you know, we, we tend to think that nurses, physicians, physicians assistants, you know, they're supposed to be all strong and, and uh, impervious to anything. And having now experienced this in my own family, I realize how, how gut-wrenching this is and what a, a, a trying time this is for many people, not just my own daughter, but it, it really hits home going through it with my own daughter, um, knowing when to be quiet, knowing when to reach out to her, knowing when to go to her apartment, knowing when, you know, when not to say anything. I, it's just, um, you know, it's really, I, I, you know, I used to be the kind of person that says, all right, you know, get a grip, move on. Uh, and, you know, I mean, we, we didn't, we didn't, talk about this in the 70s and 80s and so on we just didn't you know we were we were healthcare providers you did what you had to do you know nobody broke down and suffered for any any reason not that i recall i, I mean but now now it's front and center in my life and um you know i pray for my daughter's well-being and i pray for the well-being of anybody else who's going through um an emotional uh, state right now. And um, I'll hand it to Valerie. Um, I'm going to use the word civility. Uh, I think that we often forget to be civil in our discourse to each other. And um, I'm as guilty of, or more so guilty of that than anybody. And maybe that's the way back to healing. So civility and optimism. And I'm going to hand it to Charlie. <laughs> so I'm going to use uh, courage. Um, I just hope everyone finds it, finds the courage within themselves uh, just to get up and put one foot in front of the other and do what we have to do to, you know, to make things better for ourselves, for our loved ones, for someone we're caring for. Um, and that's really it. And, um, yeah, that's it. Thank you. And Dan. I guess I get the final word. Well, earlier, Shaquetta said uh, that it's important to listen carefully to patients. And as a landscape architect too, when I meet a new client, I 
think that's kind of my gift anyway, is that I listen and I like to surprise them that they're getting exactly what they hope to get. And I'm optimistic that um, I'll still be able to do that and people will be happy with the work that we do. And hopefully that's uh, something that everybody can share is to listen carefully and follow through and do the best you can. Be optimistic about that. <laughs>